Last Sunday was amazing. God really opened up some stuff in our hearts, I believe, for each and every single one of us. If you did not get to hear the sermon on empty spaces, um, allow God to um, move in you by going through and getting ready to get set and just say, hey, I'm going to take time and I'm going to listen to that sermon. I'm going to get it in my spirit. And if you need to re-listen to it, I would encourage that too. Because um, God is doing some awesome stuff. Um, in this house, he's doing it in your house, we believe so. Um, a couple weeks ago, we started uh, on a, a journey. Actually, it's been about a month. We started on a brand new journey with God um, that has led us to um, nothing but literally following his lead from when we started talking about United We Stand and God led us into the tools of the trade. Um, part one, which was talking about the belt of truth and then he interrupted. And I can honestly tell you that our hearts as leads in this house um, every single one of the pastors that is on staff can tell you that it has always been our heart from the very beginning to follow the lead of God and what he wants for the house, um, whether it's through a series or whatever he wants to do. But um, I bet that they would agree with you that this season that we're in has been um, following his lead like we never have before. Um, it's a different journey. It's, it's a new journey of just saying, hey, literally by faith, we're going to trust in you. We've done that before. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about literally step by step waiting till he says, hey, take that step. Hey, take that step. You know what I'm saying? And so it's pretty awesome that we get to be a part of that. Um, I believe where we are right now during this season is very strategic for the next season that we're entering into in our lives, in our world, in our country. Um, what God is speaking to us as a house, as a church, is very strategic. Um, that's why he wanted us to go back to the tools of the trade and uh, begin to learn about the armor of God. And what's crazy is two weeks ago, we started that series and God interrupted it. He interrupted it, and it, I, I began to think, Pastor Brandon was talking to me, and he was like, well, what, what should we do, you know, and I said, well, God, if he wants to interrupt it, he can interrupt it, whatever we need to do from there, and as I began thinking about it, I thought of two things um, that were said, he brought me back to two quotes that were said during the Belt of Truth, one of them was, truth is the foundational piece that we base our sole existence upon as Christians. And the other one was, nothing built on anything less than truth can withstand the war. And all of a sudden, as I was getting ready to write into this and go into it, God began to speak to me, and he wanted to speak to you this, I believe, and this is the word that he said. He said, truth is the interrupting factor to the lies of the enemy that we have allowed to be built up and take space in our lives. These lies like to reside and fill the depths of your heart and thoughts. When truth truly becomes your foundation, you then have the power to tear down these lies and create space for me to move. This space is the empty space, the areas that now feel void and lifeless, but I am the creator of life and the only one who can make these spaces into what they were originally meant to be. I am laying the blueprint for this next season. In your life, I have laid out the foundation of truth and I've given you a clean slate to build upon. You will find my blueprint within the armor. Don't neglect a single piece. Choose to understand it, choose to appreciate it, and most of all, choose to use it. A blueprint never used eventually becomes a piece of discarded artwork never to reach its full potential. My children, will you choose today to quit discarding my words over your life and allow them to fill your 
empty spaces for you to reach your full potential. Will you choose to put your armor on? That was directly from God. And he began to talk to me about how the empty spaces, especially the ones of the heart, can be left vulnerable to attack from the enemy if not protected properly. Proverbs 4.23 says, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course for your life. But how do we do that? How do we guard our hearts? Well, the way we do it is we put on the breastplate of righteousness. The second tool of the trade that we want to talk to you about today is the breastplate of righteousness. Go with me, go with me to Ephesians 6, verses 12 through 14. And it says it like this. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers, over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Now what we've been doing, and what we're going to continue to do, is to break down the armor of God, but in order. I believe that it was written in a specific order for a specific purpose. And God, yeah, how many of you know God never does anything coincidentally? He doesn't just speak to us and it's like, oh, that's cool, that happened, that was just luck. No, God has purpose to everything he does. When he spoke at the very beginning to the void, like we talked about last week in the empty spaces, he had purpose to create life and bring life. Everything in your life God gives you in this word, in the Bible, and the things that you read of his are for direct purpose in your life. And if we are struggling for wondering where our direction is, just just read the word and do things as he puts it in order for you. You know what I'm saying? You ain't got to try to figure everything out. He's got it laid out for us pretty well in his word. I want to talk to you about the breastplate for just a second with the Roman soldiers in the army. We talked about that with the belt of truth. But the function of the breastplate was simple. It was to protect the soldiers' vital organs. In close hand-to-hand -hand combat, the breastplate was essential for survival. No trained Roman soldier would venture into battle without it. The breastplate was for the quick and unexpected advances of the enemy when the soldier wasn't quick enough to pick up a shield. The breastplate was made of either leather, brass rings, or bronze. Many soldiers would wear the bronze breastplate as it was one molded piece. Bronze was chosen because it was lightweight and gave the soldier the ability to be protected and mobile. In this era, when hand-to-hand -hand combat was almost always necessary, soldiers had to balance protection with ease of movement. There was never a time when a soldier would go into battle without the breastplate, which was attached to the belt of truth. Truth is what keeps our righteousness with God grounded. It reminds us that our righteousness comes from nothing we can do of self, but from everything God did for us on the cross. If we start to believe that our own righteousness, efforts, or good works can make us worthy of God's protection, the advantage quickly changes to benefit our enemy. Our righteousness is worthless in battle. We need to get our eyes off of ourselves and back on the provision of the cross and the righteousness that is found in our relationship with Jesus Christ. 
What's crazy is if you think about it, how many of you could honestly say you feel like you've been in close hand-to-hand combat with the enemy that's trying to advance against you? Right? Sometimes he'll come at us from afar through other things, other people, other stuff. But there are many times that he will come to you face to face and start flinging his sword, his own words, the things that are against you. And the key to protecting yourself is putting on your breastplate. If you don't wear it, then guess what? Your heart is not vulnerable to attack. And what's crazy is that it protects our body. It doesn't protect your mind. But if you go back to what we talked about a long time ago, you know this empty space from your heart to your head? You know that space that likes to fill itself with all kinds of stuff, all kinds of thoughts, and all kinds of things that are going on in this world? God's trying to say if you protect right here, which is your emotional state, the place where all this starts to come from and travel up to your mind and your thoughts, if you would protect it and guard it, it'll help keep your mind in order. You know what I'm saying? There's a reason he talked to us about protecting our heart. Many times, I think we could go in life, you know, you ever heard somebody say, you know, my heart hurts, my heart aches. You know, because a lot of times when things come our way that are disappointing or discouraging or we have battles that we're facing and we feel we can't make it, we don't always think about our mind. We think about the achiness of the heart. And what's crazy is if you think about it, when we pray and ask Jesus to come into our lives, what do we say? Come into my heart and live there. You know, God wants to fill these spaces because your heart is full of a lot of spaces that can be filled with a lot of things. And God wants to begin to move over us. And I believe that he wants to teach you that it is important to wear your breastplate, to put it on. It says that no Roman soldier ever went into battle without it. Not one time did they go into battle without it because they knew it was of vital importance to protect them. 1 Peter 2.24 says he carried in his own body on the cross the sins we committed. He did this so that we might live in righteousness. Having nothing to do with sin, by his wounds you were healed. What I believe he's talking about at that moment, I'm not talking about by his stripes we are healed, by his wounds you are healed in your body. But let me tell you something, if this doesn't get healed, what does the body matter? Does that make sense? I think God was literally, why would he talk about dying for our sins and causing us to live in righteousness and the breastplate is considered for righteousness and the protecting of the heart? Why, why would he just be talking about our physical bodies? I don't believe he is at this second. I believe what he's trying to say is when you take salvation and you begin to take who he is into your life, he begins to heal the inner parts of your heart and protect them with righteousness. But what is righteousness? What is it? Righteousness means having godly character and right relationship with God. It is our response to His grace. It's our response to His grace by choosing to live a life that honors this gift with our words, our actions, our character, and our lifestyle as a whole. Righteousness is very important. I'm not talking about righteousness as in justice, because guess what? God is the one who's the justice judge. He's the one who lives in that righteousness. We are not here to judge or condemn anyone, but we are to live a lifestyle that is righteous unto Him. 
That means that our desire and our thoughts, our actions, our deed, everything that we do desires to be in right standing with Him. And that means that you feel the weight. What's funny is a breastplate, when it's put on, what does it do? It puts a weight on the chest, right? It's kind of heavy to carry. Righteousness is heavy to carry because guess what? It's not something that you can just play a game with. And righteousness isn't just put on because you're you're going about your day like nothing's wrong. You know what I'm saying? No, no Roman soldier just pranced around in his armor for no reason. He wore it to battle. And you are in battle every day. And the point of it is, is when you say, God, I'm going to accept the weight of your presence and the weight of your call over my life. And I want to put that on me to begin to guard my heart so that I might not sin against God. Not for anything else, but for you. For the purpose of being righteous by him, what he desires. I can tell you right now, in all honesty, if you talk to, if you were talking to yourself, I talk to myself sometimes, it's okay, it's cool. No big deal. Hey, sometimes you have to talk to yourself to get your thoughts in order before you speak them out loud to something else, right? But if you would literally think and talk to yourself in your head right now, are there things that you know for a fact are not keeping you in right standing with God? I could. Simple things. We're not even talking about the, the big ones that everybody likes to point out, such as drugs, alcohol, pornography, things like that. We're talking about just the little thoughts that are in your mind of anger, manipulation. What about self-doubt? What about just little things that you know, maybe little things that you listen to? What about the songs maybe that just come on and all of a sudden you're cussing along with them? You know what I'm saying? Like, It's just like, and, and you try to say, oh, I didn't mean to do that. I didn't mean to do that. Well, if you really didn't mean to do it, then change it and quit doing it. Right? And, and that's the difference. That's what righteousness does. It holds you in a standard to stop. It holds you in a standard to say, no, I'm not going to keep doing that. I'm not going to use the excuse anymore. I'm going to stand in right standing with God no matter who's around me. And it's not for you to look good or be good about yourself or be good to you. It has nothing to do with that. You can think all you want about me or not, but I'm going to tell you if I think it's wrong for me and my personal relationship with Jesus Christ, I'm not doing it. Not for you, not for nobody. It's not worth it. See, you have to understand that you don't choose your righteousness. You don't choose it. God does. You don't choose whether you're right in God's eyes, but you can choose to do what's right in His eyes. You don't choose it. You don't choose whether you're right or not. You can't say, oh, I'm, I'm good. I'm good in God's eyes. You know what I'm saying? You have to really search your heart and know what's good and just keep doing what's right in God's eyes. Just do the right thing. Putting on the breastplate of righteousness is putting on His righteousness, not your own. Choosing to wear the breastplate of righteousness keeps our heart in check and protects us from self-righteousness. Self-righteousness. It's being full of oneself, believing in your own moral superiority. Believing in your own self. That's a person who goes on to say, well, God loves me. God loves me. He knows that I'm good. Well, you can say that all you want, but are you good? 
Does it go with his word? Do your actions follow with the righteousness? And that old stinking bracelet when we were kids, what WWJD, what would Jesus do? But in reality, if what you were doing, if you really said, would Jesus do that? Would Jesus talk to that drive through lady like that? Would Jesus, uh, you know, Jesus showed the dove, but did he give the bird to his neighbor on the road? No. Would Jesus do that? Right? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm still, I'm still good. I'm still doing exactly what I need to be. Are you? We're talking about getting down to the nitty gritty, not just the, the things of like, oh, I'm saved and I love God and I serve Him and I do things. That's great. But God's trying to teach us as Christians what it really means to be a Christ follower. And quit being lackadaisical in our relationship with Him of trying to make His armor fit to our needs instead of us fitting to the needs of His kingdom. Again, self-righteousness, being full of oneself, believing in your own moral superiority. You know what's crazy? is Satan struggled with self-righteousness. He struggled with it from the beginning of time. He considered himself better than even God himself, and it led him out of the presence of God. The problem was is that Satan's inability to be subject to the righteousness of God put him under the subjection of the judgment of God. When you aren't willing to stand under or put your heart under submission, see the breastplate, it goes on top. Your heart don't go on top of it and you don't leave righteousness. Righteousness leads you. You wear it on top of your heart. And when you do that, that means that you choose to be submissive to his will and his way and how he wants to lead you. And what's really crazy is that the breastplate attaches to the belt of truth. So if you are foundationally firm in truth like you say you are, and you live in truth, then you should be willing to want to live right by truth. Good. Amen. You know what's crazy? I was doing this and I began to think about, you know, somebody who's self-righteous and, you know, with most of the time that's leading to pride. But, you know, that, that puffs out the chest and it's real good with the way that they act and everything like that. But let me tell you something. God spoke to me and I wrote this down. He said, a puffed up chest will never think the breastplate of righteousness is a good fit for it. It'll never think it's a good fit. It'll always feel like God is trying to hinder them from being exactly what you need to be. And this is just who I am kind of spirit. That's not the truth. You may be that right now, but that's not who you were designed to be. And God is trying to change you in order to form that union with Him, to be united with Him and His glory and what He wants. But you have to be willing to be submissive to allow the weight of that set upon your chest. And I'm going to tell you, sometimes it feels uncomfortable. Sometimes it's not comfortable when you have that weight of God sitting on you that's thumping, 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 saying, hey, don't do that. Hey, don't do that. And all of a sudden, that's why you're just like, get it off me. I can't even breathe. Because His glory wants to change you, but you don't want to change. The key to righteousness is humility. Humility is the key to living a righteous life with God. Humility causes your heart to be submissive to the authority of God placed over your life and chooses to continually be attached to truth. 
Just like a soldier who never went to battle without the breastplate, the Christian longing to live and right standing with God never goes a day without the breastplate of righteousness because they know every day is a battle for their soul. Yeah. Every day. Amen. Not just because you're facing financial struggles. Not just because you're sick in body. Not just because your children may have something going on. Not just because your car broke down. Not just because you want a new job. Those are those are daily battles. Yes, but every day when you get up, even when it's going good, you are in a battle for your soul because that's when the enemy likes to come in and sneak attack against you because you think you've got it all going on and you don't. Every day. Every day put on the armor. Every day put your truth on. Every day attach the breastplate of righteousness to it. Yes. See, the breastplate protects us from unexpected attacks of the enemy. The breastplate keeps us balanced and able to move under the guidance, protection, and conviction of the Holy Spirit. We don't have conviction because we don't wear the breastplate. The breastplate's what sets on there and, and it begins to convict your heart to say, hey, that's not right. I shouldn't, I shouldn't be talking like that. I don't even care if it's to your kids when they upset you. Hey, I need to calm myself. That's not right. I shouldn't be talking to them like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, or hey, let's go even deeper. Hey, when somebody makes me mad, hey, that's not, I shouldn't really be thinking like that. Let's put my mind in check, God. So I'm going to keep my breastplate on because, God, it's grounded to your truth. And I know that your, your breastplate of righteousness, your righteousness protects my heart. And it convicts it to know the truth that's trying to relay itself to it. So I'm going to continue to wear it. See, someone who wears the breastplate represents a life that is willing to be placed under the justice of God. It's a life that understand God doesn't look at the outward things you have going on, but God looks at your heart. This is why it's so important to guard your heart, and the only way to do so is by living a life that's dedicated to God and right standing. When you wear the breastplate of righteousness, you choose to have a heart that's after God. You choose to have a heart that's after Him. To go after means to chase, follow, or pursue someone or something. To go after, to chase, follow, or pursue someone or something. And the only person that I can think about in the Bible right now is, is David. God began to talk about David in, in 1 Samuel 13. What's crazy is God denies Saul the kingdom due to his own self-righteousness. And doing what he thought was right in his own eyes. And he then goes on to choose a man that he says is after his own heart. I want you to turn with me to 1 Samuel 13, verses 7 through 14. And I want you to just see the difference between somebody who wants to put their breastplate on and then somebody else who wants to walk along thinking that they've got it all under control. It says, meanwhile, Saul stayed at Gilgal and his men were trembling with fear. Saul waited there seven days for Samuel, and Samuel had, as Samuel had instructed him earlier. But Samuel still didn't come. Saul realized that his troops were rapidly slipping away, so he demanded, Bring me the burnt offering and the peace offerings. And Saul sacrificed the burnt offering himself. Just as Saul was finishing with the burnt offering, Samuel arrived, and Saul went out to meet and welcome him. But Samuel said, What is this you have done, Saul? What is this you have done? And Saul replied, I saw my men scattered.
gathering from me, and you didn't arrive when you said you would, and the Philistines are at Michmash ready for battle. So I said the Philistines are ready to march against us at Gilgal, and I haven't even asked for the Lord's help, so I felt compelled to offer the burnt offering myself before you came. How foolish, Samuel exclaimed. You have not kept the command the Lord your God gave you. Had you kept it, the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. But now your kingdom must end. For the Lord has sought out a man after his own heart. The Lord has already appointed him to be leader of his people. Because you have not kept the Lord's command. Of course, what's crazy is God's talking about David, right? The same David who would commit adultery. Murder, struggle with depression, lose a child, have another child who hated him, have a son who breaks his own sister, runs in fear from a son trying to steal his own kingdom, and more. David? What? And this, God said he was after his own heart before, and God knew everything David was going to do. Everything that was going to happen once David went in. That doesn't sound like a very righteous man to me. Not at all. Not somebody who really wants to stand and love God and do what's right. I mean, come on, the man committed adultery and because he got the woman pregnant, he killed her husband. That sounds like a soap opera. That don't sound like righteousness to me. Somebody who's standing in right, standing with God. But see, God knew something different. You know what's crazy is, does God know something different about you? Does he know the difference in you? Because God knew David's heart was to be after him, to pursue him, to chase him, even after his own foolish choices. The difference between Saul and David was that Saul wanted to prove his rightness to God, while David would humble himself in repentance before God. Yeah. See, Saul wanted to prove that he was right. See, when you live without your breastplate, you're always going to try to prove to everybody else around you how right you are for how wrong you're living. It's just easier that way. And it's easier to blame everything else that's going on because, you know, well, you didn't show up. My men were doing this and I hadn't asked the Lord, really. You know what? Quit putting God's approval on your sin. That's not righteousness. That's actually blasphemy. <laughs> You're trying to say God's doing something that he's not doing and who he is. That's not the truth. Amen. Living in righteousness is waiting on God for his commands and the things that he has told you. Saul was so ready to prove how right he was that he threw away the presence of God. He threw it away because he wanted to be in right standing so bad that he took himself out of it. And what's crazy about David was that even after you look back at all the times David made mistakes, what did he do? He humbled himself in repentance before God. He humbled himself. And I believe that God wants to tell you, don't let your need to be right strip you from your place of righteousness. Just because you may be right by how you feel because somebody wronged you doesn't mean you're right for how you respond or what you do. Don't let somebody else's self-righteousness take you out of yours. You can try to prove all day to God why you did what you did and how right you were to do so, but righteousness leads to repentance 
and repentance breaks the cycle of repetition of sin. Righteousness breaks the cycle of repetition. You ever had somebody tell you they were sorry and then they still did the same thing over and over and then come back and say they're sorry and they did the same thing over and over and you're just like, hey, instead of telling me sorry anymore, why don't you just change? You know what I'm saying? Because you don't want to hear it anymore. Well, I believe the Holy Spirit is trying to tell us today, instead of telling me you're sorry for your sins, why don't you just change and put your breastplate on? You wouldn't have to keep repeating the same old cycles if you just put the armor on, if you just put your breastplate on. I get that you're sorry, and yes, I forgive you, and yes, I have grace, but why do you feel the need to abuse it? Why do you feel the need to just think that it's at your grasp just when you want it to feel good and then change? See, living a relationship with God is not about feeling good. It's about doing and being good in the righteousness of God. And it's not by just actions of, oh, I just did this. That's like, you know, a marriage of somebody who committed adultery and then they come in and they buy flowers to try and screw it all over. That doesn't make it better. The fact of it is, is you change, you repent, you allow God to do something in your life. The fact of it is, is we commit adultery with Jesus Christ every day because we look upon things that we shouldn't look upon. And we touch things that we shouldn't be touching. And we do things that we shouldn't be doing. And then we try to go back to the altar crying and represent flowers as a fragrance of worship unto Him. Why did Satan sin in the first place? It kicked him out of heaven because he thought he deserved 
importance, more importance than what he really was. He wanted something so bad that he thought he deserved it. Sin is temptations and things that come into our lives. Most of the time people sin is because they think they deserve it. They deserve that right to tell that other person how they feel and cuss them out if they want to. They deserve that right to spend extra money that they don't have on things. You understand what I'm saying? They deserve that right to treat people the way they want because they were abused and mistreated when they grew up. Do you see what I'm saying? That's a weird way to really think about it. But think about it. Sin is something because you think you have the right to have it and you feel like God has taken it from you. Why do you think Adam and Eve took a bite from that tree? Because they felt God was withholding things from them that they had the right to have. Instead of just allowing God to truly withhold things from them that were hurtful, painful, and would change the course of their life forever. If they would have just stood in righteousness and had right standing with God where they were, we wouldn't be in this mess today. But how many times have we made choices in our lives that were not out of righteousness that put other people in messes? You know what I'm saying? We have to be careful with what we're doing. David understood the vital importance of having his heart in right standing with God. He cried out to God. In Psalm 51, 10 through 17, he says, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Fill me with clean thoughts. This, he's telling you right now how to live righteously before God. Fill me with clean thoughts and right desires. Don't toss me aside. Banish forever from your presence. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me again the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. Then I will teach your ways to other sinners and they will and they, guilty like me, will repent and return to you. Don't sentence me to death. Oh my God, you alone can rescue me. Then I will sing of your forgiveness. For my lips will be unsealed. Oh how I will praise you. You don't want penance. If you did, how gladly I would do it. He's saying you don't want sacrifices. You don't want all that. This is before Jesus Christ even came and tore the veil. And David understood that God wasn't wanting sacrifices. He just wanted your heart. He says, if you did, I'd give it. How gladly I would do it. But you aren't interested in offerings burned before you on the altar. It's a broken spirit you want. Remorse and penitence. A broken and contrite heart. Oh God, you will not ignore not at all. David understood the purpose of righteousness. He understood that everything he did, everything that he did, had to be done out of wanting to stand right with God. And when he messed up, he was broken and came to repentance before God. God did not choose David because he was righteous like God, but because he desired to live in righteousness with God. The breastplate of righteousness shows us that we don't just live a life of right standing with God when everything is going well, but we choose to do what's right when all hell is breaking loose. Righteousness is not a respecter of persons or circumstances. It's not. You can't choose just to live right and do right with God just because everything is going good. You choose to live and do right by God no matter what's going on in your life. It doesn't say, what's crazy is righteousness doesn't come along to us and say, uh, hey, take a break. Go ahead, do what you feel like doing today. You've had a crappy day, God understands. Righteousness doesn't say that. Righteousness looks at you and says, keep going. You can do it. 
you can stay faithful. God loves you. I know you love God. Yeah. Keep yourself faithful. Get in this word. You don't have to act like that. I know you've had a rough day. I truly do. But I'm trying to guard you and protect you. Just stay underneath my covering. Yeah. Just stay underneath me. I'll keep you from all the hits. And yes, you may feel it. You think those soldiers didn't feel it even though they got hit outside their armor? Absolutely. They were bruised. Ribs probably cracked. Things done. But it kept them protected from their vitality being diminished. The things that were most important. One thing to keep in mind is this. Righteousness eliminates the excuses to sin and raises the standard of accountability in your life. Righteousness eliminates the excuses to sin and raises the standard of accountability in your life. The biggest thing is your righteousness is your responsibility. Your righteousness, your responsibility. That means it's up to you to stay in right standing with God and nobody else's. See, we have people around us, I believe, that help us to stay accountability as accountability partners. You may have people in your life, I think, you know, our spouses should be accountability partners if we're married. If not, we have family members and things like that. If they aren't saved, then God gives you people in the church and different ones to help keep you accountable to do what's right. But in the end, you can't say, well, because they didn't tell me to do that, I didn't do it and I'm wrong. No, your righteousness is your responsibility. You doing what's right is your responsibility. Often we open ourselves to a world of heartache when we spend too much time to keep others' breastplates on. Think about this. You can't keep anybody else's breastplate on but your own. You can try to help them tie it. You can try to help them keep grounded. But in the end, you're going to spend so much time trying to do that that the enemy's going to kick the crud out of you because you're not even focused on what's ahead of you. and right standing with God in their lives that you lose your own righteousness in the process. You lose it because you're so focused on what somebody else is doing that you lose your righteousness with God. You lose that right standing. And I think God's trying to tell us today that it's time to focus on your righteous reputation. It's time to focus on your righteous reputation. Your reputation is what you are known for by others. Not self-righteousness as thinking yourself holier than thou or better than someone else because they don't sin or you don't sin like they do. That's not righteousness. I'm talking about does your reputation precede you? Does it speak of your desire to do what's right by God no matter what's going on around you? When people know you, can they say that that person tries their best to live in righteousness no matter even though things go wrong? Yes, they fail. Yes, they stumble. Yes, they make mistakes because nobody is without
I want you to go with me to Job 1, verse 1, and then we're going to go to 1, 8, and 2, 3. And I want to read these to you. Job 1, 1 says, There was a man in the land of us whose name was Job, and that man was blameless and upright, one who feared God and turned away from evil. Verse 8. And the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth? A blameless and upright man who fears God and turns away from evil? Verse 2, 3. And the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on earth? A blameless and upright man who fears God and turns away from evil. He still holds fast his integrity, although you incited me against him to destroy him without reason. Job, in this whole story, and I'm not going through the whole thing with you, I think you need to read it, but he had his kids, his kids were taken away, his home was taken away, his cattle was taken away, everything that he had that was most precious to him was taken away because the enemy came and said, you know, you, who I've gone searching to and fro, and the Lord began to say, I mean, have you considered Job that I believe and trust in him as a man to be in right standing with me no matter what faces him, that he's going to do what's right. It says with the Holy 
Christians have the power available to overcome their human nature and pull up sin so they can walk blamelessly and upright before God. Job was the example of a righteous reputation. And the fact of it is, is that God believes in us to do the right thing. Do you realize that? God believes in you to be able to do the right thing. He knows that you can do it. See, righteousness doesn't relieve you from suffering, but places you in a proper position with God to obtain victory over it. Righteousness doesn't relieve you from temptation, but places you in a position to obtain victory over it. Righteousness is what keeps you grounded with God. When you choose to wear your breastplate, you are telling the enemy that you refuse to practice sin. Do you hear me? When you wear your breastplate, you're telling the enemy you refuse to practice sin. No matter what comes your way, I'm not going to make a habit out of it. I'm not going to make a habit where I continually have to come back and ask forgiveness for the same thing. I want to repent and do the right thing and break the repetitious cycle. Righteousness creates a sense of personal responsibility to display the character of God in your life. Righteousness leads to responsibility. That means, guess what? You don't look at God and go, okay, well, I did this because when you say I was wrong, I sinned, but God created me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. That's what David was saying. He didn't give all the excuses. No, it was just wrong. Are you a man after his heart? What's crazy with Job is Job didn't give excuses. He just lived right. He didn't allow the things that were coming along in his life to take on. Yes, did he struggle in the midst of it? Yes, did he have a hard time? That doesn't mean that you won't suffer, that you won't be faced with things. It just means that you have the ability to be an overcomer. You have the ability to be an overcomer. 1 John 3, 7 through 10. As we're getting ready to close. 1 John 3, 7 through 10 says it this way. Little children, let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous as he is righteous. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning. For God's seeds abide in him, and he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. By this is it, it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. Stand with me today. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God. That's scripture. to me that you can't ever make a mistake. Righteousness is not to make you feel like you are condemned. It's there to just keep you from condemnation. Think about it. If we would just choose to stand in right standing with God and do what's right and want to be after his heart, we wouldn't feel some of the things that we feel. See, when you take off your breastplate, it places the weight of the world on you. It allows the weight of the world and the weight of sin and the weight of what the devil wants to come your way to just cave in on your chest and make you feel like you can't breathe and make you
feel overwhelmed. But when you keep your breastplate on, what it does is it guards your heart from the weight of the world to set on it. It helps you quickly reflect on what God wants to do in your life. It helps you quickly respond to the Spirit of God in your life that's attached to that belt of truth that says, I'm going to live a life that's of truth and of moral integrity and character before God. And that means, even, even to the fact of the little things, it, it, let, let, I'll, I'll say this, if you are constantly uh, struggling with certain things, whether it's not paying your bills on time, or whether it's just being late to work all the time, or whether, get those things in order. Those are little things that talk about your character. Does that make sense? Ask yourself, what are things in my character that keep myself from what I need to do? If you have little things that when somebody's talking to you, you're constantly like, you know what I'm saying? Like, those are little things that don't talk about the character of God. They don't speak love. They speak of your own flesh and your own frustrations and things you've got going on. God wants to work on all things inside of us. He wants to deal on all things that are going on. Not just the big things of the roadblocks, but the little things. It says in his word, it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. The little things. So today, as we are standing, I just want to challenge you. See, righteousness reveals who you belong to in the world around you. Righteousness reveals who you belong to in the world around you. It's vital to who you are and who you choose to continue to become. And I didn't believe God wanted me to call a major altar call. I think God wanted to challenge you to say, are you willing to put your breastplate on? Are you willing to do the right thing for me? Are you really willing to walk outside of here and say, God, just like you said, you gave that word in the beginning, a blueprint that is unused just becomes a useless piece of artwork. God's trying to tell you, you are not a useless piece of artwork. I created you for a purpose, and I gave you tools to make it through life. It is up to you to choose to use them today. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you today. We thank you today that you, God, have laid out a blueprint in our lives, God, in your word to help us to live by you in right standing. To follow your declarations that you put over us and do it with dedication, God. A heart that's truly after you. I pray, God, that we would have a heart that pursues you, that would chase you, God. And God, when anything comes in our way, we would come to repentance, God, and break the repetitious cycles in our life of sin. God, I pray today that you would overwhelm us, God, and that we would be focusing now on our righteous reputation with you. God, that others would know who you are through our reputation, through the words that you can say about us and who we are. I thank you, God, for protecting our hearts. Forgive us, God, for not allowing you to do so and thinking we can do it on our own. Forgive us for our pride, God. Forgive us for our excuses, God, that we give for why we sin. God, I pray our biggest desire would be that we would have a heart laid out before you. We thank you, God, for all that you're doing. And as we continue to learn the tools of your trade, may we be tradesmen that actually use them. We thank you and we praise you today in your mighty name. Amen. Amen. We're going to worship just a minute as you guys get ready to head out. We want to tell you that we love you. Use your